Hey there, this is Meg. I'm your host, and you are listening to Mental Status, a podcast about burnout for people in the mental health profession. Quick disclaimer, because you know that stuff is important these days. Uh, Mental Status is a podcast about burnout in the mental health field. It's for entertainment and educational purposes only. This is not therapy, and this is not clinical supervision. There are no CEUs associated with this podcast. Enjoy it and share it as you will. And if you're in a space where you're needing deeper support, please seek out therapy or supervision for yourself from somebody who is qualified to provide those services for you. As a note, I would like to let folks know that this episode was originally recorded in June of 2022. So as of today, the release date in October of 2023, this is over a year old, but I do want to emphasize that the things that Belma and I talk about in this episode are still incredibly relevant and incredibly important for therapists and healthcare workers and you know general overachievers in life to really listen to um, and and kind of walk away with some sense of you know it's okay to take a step back, take a break, and reevaluate how you want to live your life based on your values. So again, just want to make note that this episode was originally recorded in June of 2022. Um, but the lessons are still just as relevant today as they were over a year ago. All right. Thanks everybody. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome back everybody to mental status. My name is Meg. I'm your host, and this is a podcast about burnout for mental health professionals. And I'm joined today by a very special guest, and I would like to let them introduce themselves. So special guest, who are you? Where are you? And how are you doing today? Hi, Meg. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Dalton McCaffrey. I'm the CEO and founder of Work Bigger, which is a career coaching platform for dissatisfied high achievers who want to find their purpose. I'm also a, a career and leadership coach. I'm currently living in San Diego, California, but I'm originally from New York City. And as far as how am I, uh, today is actually a little bit challenging because I'm visiting my, my uh, parents in New York. And yeah, I feel a little bit scattered. I'm like, where are my things? <laughs> what is my childcare situation <laughs> like? I want to um, get through my to-do list for the day. Um, so yeah, feeling both excited to be here and also um a little bit chaotic mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think that's a probably a very familiar feeling to a lot of high achievers the folks that you work with and also obviously therapists coaches people of that uh that line of profession I'm sure can relate to that excited but chaotic feeling um yeah so maybe we can just dive right into it uh Belma I'm curious if you'd be willing to share your burnout story Yes. Um, I feel like I've been a high achiever since, (laughs) you know, for as long as I I can remember. So I actually remember being in sixth grade and planning out my entire life and saying, 
you know, I'm going to go to this high school and this college, and I'm going to grow up to be a lawyer, and I'm going to be super successful and accomplish all these things, and life is going to be amazing. And I remember exactly where I was and when that was, when I made that decision. And I think operating from that place just set me on this path of being uh, very achievement focused and really driven and eventually caught up with me. I knew that I wanted to start a business. I'll share a little bit about WorkBigger. So, you know, WorkBigger is a career coaching platform. And one of the reasons I started it is because it's the, the resources and the support that I needed in my 20s. And I really struggled to find my way. Again, I had a lot of ambition, but I didn't really have a sense of purpose. I knew I wanted to make an impact. I had no idea how to do that. And I found myself moving from job to job, trying to figure it out. And as I was doing that, my confidence was really impacted. I felt like I was wasting time and energy. And it just was a, a, you know, a difficult decade because I wasn't grounded and didn't have that sense of purpose. So eventually I said, you know what, I'm going to go back to business school and that's going to be my opportunity to pivot and to figure this out. And while I was there, I saw that a lot of my classmates were in the same boat. Everybody was looking at grad school as this way to pivot, right? And, you know, make more money and really figure themselves out. But it wasn't really working. And that's where I saw, like, there has to be a better way. We're spending so much time and so much money and making such a huge investment in our energy too, right? But the lack of there was a lack of intention or people weren't really clear on the, you know, the return that they were going to get from that investment. So that's, that's where I said, I was like, I think I want to start my own company and figure out this dilemma that feels very, very close to my heart because it's something I experienced. So when I set on that path, I, you know, was finishing uh, grad school. I took a full-time role at the largest news organization in the world. I was working in business development and I also found out I was pregnant. And when, you know, that, that happened, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to give up on my dream of starting a business. I couldn't afford to not work full time. Uh, you know, I, I needed, I needed the money and I just wasn't ready to dive into entrepreneurship. Um, like fully. So I said, I'm going to do this on the side while I'm pregnant and working full time. And then I had the baby and, you know, my whole life changed. <laughs> I wasn't sleeping. I had to get adjusted to, to being a new mom. And as I was going through that experience, I remember holding this just massive pressure and saying to myself, like, no, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I will not budge. I will not let go of any of the expectations that, that I set for myself. And it felt like a lot, you know, it was just added to that exhaustion. I didn't really give myself the space or the grace or the time that I needed to ease into motherhood. Right? It was like, no, you have to do all of these things and you have to accomplish them by this time. It, it wasn't a very, I wasn't being very kind to myself, right? Or very gentle with myself at all. And so I kept going during, you know, in the, during my maternity leave, during um, when my son would nap, 
I try to fit in work on my side hustle. I had 11 weeks of maternity leave. I went back. I was exhausted. I mean, it was just crazy. Like it wasn't, (laughs) it was not sustainable. And um, yeah, eventually it all just came crashing down. I had two partners with the business that I'd started. We ended up shutting it down. I was so burned out. And I said, I just can't, like, it's not working. I don't, I don't feel like I'm building a sustainable business. You know, things at work feel really challenging. I'm not showing up for my son the way I want to. So that, yeah, it was um, a really heavy experience, but it's also kind of what I needed to wake up because from there I said, I'm not going to live like this anymore. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to start a company, I'm going to make an impact. It has to be from a sustainable place. It has to be from a more conscious place. And I'm not going to sacrifice my well-being. I'm not going to sacrifice my son's well-being or my family's well-being uh, for, for it. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, um, that kind of set me on this path where I am today, where I, I do a lot of work around well-being, working more sustainably, mental health emotional health, being more connected to our minds and our bodies. And it's, I'll tell you, it's actually my favorite kind of work because I see it's really, it's really what people need, you know, and it's, it's, I think where, where the greatest impact is. I'll, yeah. I'll pause right there. Cause that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I think that, um, that feels like a relatable story, although I don't have, you know, children of my own, there's a lot of that story where like, I can relate. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to how hard it feels to just balance everything that we're trying to do, everything that we want to do, everything that we feel called to do, as well as like what we just have to do in order to make things work for ourselves financially, um, make things work for our families and the employers or the businesses that we're trying to build. Um, It's, it's a really tough balance to strike, um, you know, without children or those adif- those additional responsibilities. So to do that while building a family and trying to figure out both things, I imagine was, um, as you said, it was, it sounds heavy, right? That's, that's a lot to carry for one person. Um, so with your experience, having gone through that period in your life and all the changes that happened for you, um, what do you typically see echoed the most in the stories of your clients that you work with now? Like, what do you, what do you see in those clients that you recognize in yourself or your past self? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I see a fear of surrendering. I see mm-hmm. a fear of pausing. Uh, I see that self-worth is really tied to achieving doing accomplishing mm-hmm. you know and I 100% resonate with that right because that's the place where I was coming from I felt like unless I achieve all of these things that I set out to do right I didn't become a lawyer I didn't necessarily pursue the vision I, I had right when I was um, a young kid but that drive was still there and that like the expectations I put on myself were still there and I thought you know, unless I do those things, then yeah, my self-worth is in question. Hmm. And that's not true. Like That's not true at all. And I think we're, uh, there's, there's so much that's tied into that. I think we're conditioned 
to operate in that, you know, from that place. Um, but that's what I see in my clients. Mm-hmm. They're high achievers, right? And they they really want they want to do well. They want to perform well. And I think it's such a balance. I see that you can just so easily not only burn out, but sacrifice so much of your life and so much of who you are, unless you wake up to that and, and learn to surrender. And surrendering doesn't mean that you give up, right? Or that you don't do what you want to do. It just means that you give yourself more grace. You, you said it really well. You're like balancing the thing of like what I have to do versus what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a level of trust that's needed, right? When you are called to do something, trust that you will do it. You will step into that. And I think when you can connect to that, you, you can pause, right? And just give yourself that grace to focus on what you have to do in that moment. And then you will get to that calling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, it's an interesting sort of parallel, you know, you, you talking about having this vision for yourself at a young age, and then that not actually being what you've ended up doing and sort of learning to trust and surrender that you will find a calling and, and go toward that regardless. Um, Recently, I've been speaking with a a number of folks, or I've had a number of folks reach out to me who are working in the mental health field, but they, they feel like they can't do it anymore, or their passion has shifted, or their desire has shifted to work in a different area, maybe something less clinical, um, or maybe a completely different field. And there's a lot of guilt around that and fear and shame. Um, and, and, you know, among mental health providers, especially because working as a therapist can feel like a calling, it can feel like this is the ultimate thing that you are quote unquote supposed to do with your career. It can feel really hard to step away from that, um, intentionally without basically Mm -hmm. being forced out by health reasons or, or other financial family reasons. So I, I would be curious for the folks who are listening, who are wondering if they can stay in mental health or if this is actually the career that is right for them, even though they thought it was, how, how would you approach working with somebody who is in that position, who's feeling upset and guilty and scared about their passion, not actually being what they thought it was? Mm, Well, I have a lot of thoughts around that. (laughs) Um, So our whole methodology at WorkBigger is rooted in the idea that your purpose, your calling, right, comes from first understanding your why. And it's highly unlikely that you're going to stay in the same profession or industry, right, or role for a long time. Right. So what you do will shift and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But why you do it, why you do it, right? Your purpose, your mission, what you're connected to, the impact that you want to make. When you're grounded in that, like that's okay, right? Like it's okay for that what to shift. Let it change. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's the impact. It's like it's what's underneath that that I think really matters. And I think for anyone who's feeling the need to shift careers, like it, it, it doesn't matter. I think what's most important is how you show up, 
right? Your healing as an individual has an impact on the collective, right? Why you're doing what you're doing, the impact that you want to make. I think that's most important. And, and I'm assuming, right, that, that guilt and that shame comes from a place of like, well, I want to make a difference. And this is really important work. And I don't want to, you know, I feel bad giving that up. And I just say, give yourself the permission to make that change. Because I think when you're operating from this place of like, you know, the impact that you're making, you're, it's just going to be much you're going to make an even bigger impact in my opinion, because you're not going to come from that place of burnout or place of guilt or shame, right? It's when, when we're operating from that place, we're not necessarily showing up as, as our best selves. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and I think that's, that's something that I try to keep in mind for myself. You know, if I'm overworking and trying to do too much and moving towards burnout, I try to keep in mind like you said, the what can change, the passion is still there, the desire to have an impact is still there. Um, but the way that I do that might be different day to day or week to week or even, you know, year to year, what I'm doing to have that impact may be different and that's okay. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. And I know it's hard to get there, you know, even you say, <laughs> like I said, here I am on this podcast and I'm feeling both excited and chaotic, you know, and I'm, I'm having, a, like, admittedly, I'm having a hard time today, surrendering and letting go of mm-hmm. my to-do list while my toddler is here, and my mom is like trying to watch him, and it, it's hard, and it, I think it's a, it's a, it's a practice, and it takes time, right, so, mm-hmm. so I, I share that perspective, just, and also want to acknowledge that, that it's difficult, it's not so easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for you, um, in addition to surrendering and sort of understanding that you need to come from that place of being more enlivened and, you know, basically stepping back from the things that would cause you to burn out, um, what were some of the more like day-to-day or like regular things that you needed to do for yourself to get back to that place where you could start making an impact and working towards what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so I'll share what I did like several years ago when I went through my burnout and I'll share what I do today because I, I don't think like from my perspective, like when you're not, when you're a high achiever, these tendencies or even, you know, I think just in our society today, these tendencies to achieve, they don't necessarily like ever disappear. So you mm-hmm. always have to keep in mind that balance. So Back in, I think my burnout story that I shared happened in 2015. Yeah, because that's when my son was born. Um, I just decided to take a break from everything. I stopped, but I knew that I really wanted to start a business and I wanted to solve this career dilemma that I saw was really prevalent in our society. So I said, what is the lowest hanging fruit thing that I can do to, you know, start using my voice, start making progress, but it's from a healthy place. And I also need time to process everything that has happened this past year and a half. So I just started blogging. I started writing. I committed to writing one blog a week and it was really therapeutic. It allowed me to find my voice. 
I started to learn a lot about myself, my thinking, how, how I was processing stress, right? My philosophy around career development, my philosophy around finding your purpose. It was such an important step in building my company that I think I really needed that time and, and to slow down. And I did that for, I want to say maybe five or six months. And then I also simultaneously, I said, I know I can't continue working full time. Like if I, I, I don't have weekends and nights anymore to work, right? It, that's not an option for me. So I'm going to negotiate a part-time role at my company. And my, you know, ideal is to have two days a week where I can start working on my business and then I can keep uh, supporting my family, you know, with, you know, financially. Mm -hmm. So I did that. It was not an easy negotiation. It took, I want to say at least two to three months. My company really wasn't excited about it. Mm -hmm. And they weren't giving me the opportunity. So I decided, I said, okay, well, then I'm just going to quit and I'm going to figure out how to make this work. And then when I said, I'm going to quit and I had that conversation with them, they said, all right, we'll give you the part-time role. So yeah, I had to play a little bit of hardball, but it, you know, it worked. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I think then I stayed part-time for a year, a year and a half, you know, just figured out what I needed to go full-time mm -hmm. and then I made the full-time transition. When I did that, I obviously like I saw my business growing because I was able to really dedicate more time and energy to it. But that that's what I did. So just really slowing down and giving myself the space to process everything that happened. Mm -hmm. And it, blogging was also just a great opportunity for reflection and healing. And, and it did that for me. And I think that's, that's really important for today. Right. Cause I'm thinking like even being here, like oh, what's today, today's Monday, right? So Wednesday um, we flew here from San Diego. It was just, you know, a long day, crazy trip. Then we're working the next day. And to help me just navigate, right. Just the day to day. I just focused on, I try to lean into my, my tools. So journaling is really helpful. Try to meditate. If not every day, at least two to three times a week. Um, and then I've been trying to integrate more exercise too. So just having like my go-to's things that really help to ground are also really helpful today to help me avoid burnout. Okay. I think the train is gone. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate that you bring up um, journaling. And I mean, the reason for that is I'm, I'm a big fan of journaling myself. I've been using the written word since I was like four years old to express myself. So that's, that's one of the avenues that I, I really like. Yeah. And I, th I think in the, in the mental health world, there can be, um, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, this sort of like poo-pooing of like all those sort of basic, I call it basic, but like the foundational types of um, self-care and processing. And I know like when I get more burnt out, I'm like, ah, journaling's not going to help. Like I need something right now to stop this. Um, but I think you point out something really important, which is there may be some bigger changes that can happen to help with burnout or to get you where you want to go. Um, for you, it sounds like you got to that point where it's like, if you can't negotiate with me, I'm going to quit. And they did. 
which is great. I'm glad that they did that for you. Um, for some of us, like it, it will take those bigger changes to really propel us into a space where we can recover from burnout. And, you know, for all of the systemic things that contribute to burnout and all the organizational problems that can cause this and societal level, like I talk about that quite a bit on this show, there is still within your control, those things that you can do, um, whether it's journaling on a daily basis and just really giving yourself that time to reflect on, you know, what are the things that contributed to this? How did I contribute? What do I want to do differently? What can I do differently? You know, what's within my control? Um, yeah, I, I, I bring that up because I, <laughs> I love journaling and it's always the first thing to fall off of my radar when I get more burnt out, which is really frustrating because it's so helpful. Um, yeah. But yeah, just really paying attention to those day-to-day things that you can do for yourself to reflect and give yourself space to, to advocate for yourself. Um, I think those are super important things to be able to do when you're going through this journey. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you called out the things we can control. I mean, I, I really like that. That is literally all we have control over, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, processing our feelings and our thoughts and um giving ourselves what we need, like learning, like understanding our needs, like, and learning to meet our needs. Like that's, that's it. Everything else. Um, yeah. Like all the systemic issues that you mentioned, I think are so important and it, that can sometimes leave us feeling so frustrated mm-hmm. and it, it's just, it's hard. It makes it really hard. So if you can, turn inward and say like, okay, what, what can I focus on today that can help me? Mm-hmm. I think it's empowering. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. When I, when I work with therapy clients, um, cause my, my specialty is working with burnout for healthcare workers. Um, one of the things that I see most frequently is that, that general feeling of not having control, not being able to change anything. You know, it's kind of that mentality of this is just the way it is. And it's always going to be this way. I can't do anything about it. And it's, Mm. it's true. You know, like we talked about the systemic stuff, there are things that like in the moment as part of an organization or a community or being a citizen of a nation, um, as we're talking about this with recent news about reproductive rights, there are certain things that are beyond our control um, to change immediately. And while it's important to recognize that leaning too far into that, I would agree, it's just, it gets frustrating and we can get stuck in this feeling of nothing is ever going to change. Um, And so what I really do try to work with on an individual level with my clients is again, what you mentioned, what can you control? What can you change? If you can't change the organizational policies, say around part-time work, it might suck and it's probably going to create some other challenges for you, but you can quit <laughs> quite honestly. Like there, yeah. there are things that you can do that won't necessarily be the happiest or most, most comfortable choice, but you can still do them. Um, I think yeah. it's really important that people get a good sense for that, especially when it comes to their careers you have a choice at the end of the day. Yes. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it gives you your power back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's so needed, especially like you, you know, you brought up everything that's been happening, like with reproductive rights. And it is like this weekend, it was so hard to just go on social media, you know, and it, it's just, but it's, that's what, that's what I've been processing, right? Like what, what, what is my choice mm-hmm. in, in this? Like, what, what do I have power over? What do I have control over? And I certainly don't have all the answers for everything that's happening, but like one thing I'm sitting with is, yeah, like I have control over who determines my self-worth and it's myself, right? And who, um, yeah, how I'm going to show up, what I'm going to work on, my actions moving forward, right? My own healing, my own processing. So, and I think, um, yeah, we can apply that to work, to our work situation, and we can apply that to all of these bigger challenges that we're faced with every day now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's another one of those, it feels like one of those fine balances to strike um, in approaching these bigger conversations, both about, you know, the things that affect us on a, a national or global scale, but also on the personal level. Um because burnout is very personal. It feels very personal. Um, it can be one of those things that does give you that sense of not having as much control, but I appreciate that, you know, you, in the work that you do, and as you have experienced for yourself, there is so much power in being able to acknowledge what it is you can do for yourself uh, when things get difficult. Um, and I know when we started this call or prior to it, you had sent over, um, a video, I believe, and I don't know if it's directly related, but I was interested to hear more about this resource that you had for folks. I think as it relates to brain science, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So my training as a coach is with the Neuroleadership Institute Mm -hmm. and core. And that means that in my work, I integrate a lot of neuroscience. So any leadership development work that we do, neuroscience is a big part of it and understanding how your brain operates. It gives context to everything that's going on, right? It just allows you to have something tangible and to say like, okay, this isn't my fault. This is just how my brain operates when I'm scared, right? Or when I'm not scared and I'm feeling really good. So um, yeah, what I was sharing with you, Meg, was just this audio training that talks about the different brain states. And essentially when we're burned out or exhausted or afraid, we tend to operate in this away state. And when we're in the away state, right, we're just, we're not feeling good. And when we're not feeling good, that impacts our behaviors and the actions that we take. And on the contrary, when we aren't burned out, when we're feeling energized or happy, right, or we're thinking, um, we're we're leaning into, into the choices that we have, right, or we're focusing on what we can control, we tend to show up differently. We tend to show up with more possibility and the actions we take tend to serve us a lot more. So it's this audio training that just takes you through the different brain states, gives you some context to help you understand like, okay, this is not my fault. So this is what's going on. This is what's happening in my brain. 
And it's a little tool that I have to help you shift from that away state to, to the toward state, right? And it's something I still use today. Like I mentioned earlier, when things are really crazy, it's the framework that I rely on to help me see like what, how is my behavior uh, serving me or not serving me? And how is that connected to my, my feelings and my thoughts? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little audio training and a workbook just to help your listeners to go a bit deeper with this concept of how the brain operates and yeah. uh, how to help you shift out of burnout. Awesome. Yeah. I think that um, that's a great resource, especially for what we've been talking about with being able to shift into that mindset of what can I do? What can I change? What can I can control? How can I show up differently, um, you know, to do what I need to do for myself. Um, and I'd like to share that resource with, you know, folks in the show notes, but I'm curious if you could share like a top level overview, maybe of the, like the biggest signs that somebody might have that they're in that away state. And then, mm-hmm maybe one or two, you know, tips that you might be able to share some quick things that people can do to start their shift away from the away state. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing, just notice how you're feeling, right? So if you're feeling down or exhausted, that's a great opportunity to start jotting down your thoughts, like literally do a brain dump of all, like take a brain, like a thought inventory, Mm-hmm. Right. What what are some of the things that you're thinking? And I think when you do that, you start to become the observer of your thoughts mm-hmm. versus identifying with your thoughts. And then notice like, OK, as I'm in this place, right, I'm having all of these negative thoughts about my ability to control the situation or everything that's happening. I'm feeling really down. I'm feeling really exhausted. What is the action that I that I feel called to take from this place? It's usually from what I see. Right. It could be avoidance. Like I want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix and I don't want to do the things that are important to me, not from a place of self-care, right. But from a place of avoidance, like really um, it's not serving you, right. Or maybe you find yourself reacting. Maybe you're lashing out at your loved ones, right. So just start to like, see if you can identify the behavior that's directly linked to these thoughts and these feelings. And then just ask yourself, what do I want instead? What do I need right now? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that question just allows you to be a little gentle with yourself and to ask yourself, okay, what's, what do I, what do I want instead? Right. And usually is, I want to feel a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. I want to feel more connected. I want to feel more energized and it's asking, okay, what can I do then? Mm-hmm. Right. What will allow me to receive that? Could be calling a friend. It could be giving yourself some space right, to, to process what's happening. So just like taking yourself through these series of questions that help you to shift how you're thinking and how you're feeling is really the journey of like going from the early state to the toward state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of in thinking of it in terms of like the fight or flight response, it's giving yourself a sense of groundedness to be able to kind of just come back to your thoughts uh, to sort of bring the cognitive brain back online, so to speak, um, and to, to re-engage your, your thinking side in this process rather than leaning into that, you know, wanting to flee or wanting to shut down when things get overwhelming. Yes. 
That's exactly it. Yeah, because when we are in the away state, we are essentially in a place of like fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, you know, what are we doing in that place? We're just trying to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Or we're, it, and it, it usually doesn't serve us. Right, right, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm excited to share that resource with people. I think that'll be helpful. Um, so listeners, especially if you are identifying with any of the feelings that uh, Bella and I have talked about today, check that out. Um, it'll it'll serve you well. Um, so with that, one thing that I am interested in, and this is part of my own process in trying to do the both and like acknowledge the difficulty of burnout and the challenge therein and acknowledging that there is life after burnout. And there are things that you can do to feel better and have the life that feels more in line with what you want. Um, for me, part of that is just focusing on the good things outside of work um, that you can find when you shift out of this, this burnt out state and you go through that recovery. So curious for you, um, what do you find you enjoy more or you've learned to enjoy or do more with your life outside of work, having come through burnout? I love that question. Um, It's anything that helps me to be more present, Mm -hmm. you know, and that could be taking more time to be in nature. It's one of the reasons we moved to San Diego. Like we just wanted more access to the outdoors. Um, So just being outside more, like going mm-hmm. for walks, uh, going to the beach, that's huge. You know, going on hikes, it just helps me to feel more grounded. Mm-hmm. Also, like spending time with my family and my friends, especially now because I'm far away from so many mm-hmm. of them, which, you know, it's like such a give and take, but really being present with them when I'm with them. Yeah. You know, trying not to be on my phone or being distracted. Uh, so really just enjoying my time with them. Connection is, is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then exercising more. That's something I really haven't been good about in my entire life, but it's really important. I see that it really does bring me into my body more. And I think that's really important just to enjoy life, to be in our bodies. Like we spend so much time in our mind Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of our stress comes from. So doing anything that like shifts me out of that and allows me to be more grounded. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to incorporate more exercise into my day. Um, yeah. And then I'd like to pick up more hobbies, but it's just, I haven't, I like, I feel like that's good. That's good for now. <laughs> These yeah, three yeah. things. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's what I've been leaning on. Just friends and family. Um, being outside and then exercise. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I, I relate to that for sure. Um, I live in a more rural part of the Midwest. So there's, and I'm not from here. I moved here a couple of years ago, actually during summer of 2020. So it was an interesting time to move, but I would agree. Um, definitely spending time outside um, it's one of those things again, like similar to journaling that at least I know for myself when I'm deep in burnout, I just, I kind of poo poo, like oh, going outside, fine. I get it. But like for real, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Especially when the weather supports being outside or 
you know, finding ways to be outside, even when the weather is not your version of ideal um, and still enjoying that. I would agree, you know, those types of things can bring us back to ourselves, back to our bodies, similar to exercise and being with family and friends. Um, Those I find for me when I am, you know, in burnout or working towards burnout, those can be harder for me to feel like I can access them and feel not guilty about it. Like I'm going to take time away from work and I need to get stuff done, but I want to go sit outside. Um, There's always going to be more to do and nature, (laughs) nature is right now. Nature's happening right now. So are your family and friends. Um, So yeah, I definitely appreciate hearing, you know, those are the things that sustain you um, Mm. when you're able to step back from being over-involved in work and kind of being in that overachiever state. Um, yeah. yeah. And the hobbies thing, I agree. <laughs> I can, I can very easily turn my hobbies into something that's more like work. So I tend to be a little cautious of that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Finding something that you don't have to monetize, not, not leaning into hustle culture with hobbies is I'd say it's an important thing these days. Um, yeah. Okay. So it looks like we are getting a little closer to the end of our time. So usually at the end of these recordings, I just like to ask my guests, um, you know, if there's anything that you want to leave the audience with, um, any pieces of advice or just things for them to think about as they close the app and move on with their day. Yeah. So I'm really, um, what's really standing out for me is what you shared about uh, your listeners, right? Or other mental health health professionals who struggle with that guilt and shame when it comes to making a change, because this work is so, is so important and so powerful. So with that, I just want to say, give yourself permission to explore other things and to like, allow yourself to move into that toward state, see what's possible for you. If you allow yourself to make a change and, and see what comes out of that. I just, mm-hmm. I bet the impact that you'll make is even greater and your well-being is so important. It has a huge impact on the collective, right? We, we make an impact as an individual because we are all connected. So I just want to just send that message to give yourself that permission to explore other things and to let go of the guilt and the shame, even though I know it's hard because Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, you'll be able to serve um, your clients and and other people in a much, much bigger way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking back to what you said of the, what can change, um, but the impact can still be big. Um, so yeah, I, I would echo that. Give yourself the chance to just consider what else this could look like for you. Um, if you're not feeling like being a, a one-to-one therapist is it, and you want to move in a different direction, you don't have to make that choice right now, but just give yourself the chance to consider it. Yeah. All right. Well, Belma, thank you so much for joining today. And thanks for your flexibility. I think things for both of us this morning have been a little on the chaotic side. So I'm glad we were able to make it work. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate everything you had to share. I think the audience is really going to enjoy it. Um, and yeah, if, if people want to find out more about you or the work that you provide, uh, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, and thank you so much. It's been so much fun chatting through all of this and revisiting my, my burnout stories. 
Um, you can find us at workbigger.co. Um, yeah, just our website or on Instagram or on Instagram as well, workbigger. Awesome. And what are the services that you provide? What specifically can people expect when they work with you? Yeah, so we offer a group coaching membership where we support you with making a career transition and helping you connect to your purpose. And then we also offer one-on-one coaching. So if anyone's looking for more personalized support, we have that available. And then we have group programs. We have our Mindset Intensive and Work Bigger Leader programs that uh, support you with your leadership skills. Uh, we go do a lot more um, mindset work and start to get into more healing work too um, with those programs as well. So we have a variety of, of opportunities to serve you. Awesome. Love that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Velma. And I hope you have a good and maybe slightly less chaotic rest of your day. <laughs> Thank you so much, Meg. I really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I hope that whoever or wherever you are, you can start having more conversations in your circles of support about better ways to support ourselves and to support each other through burnout. If you like today's show, please make sure to head over to wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you left a rating and a review on there to help get the word out. Thanks so much, y'all. Until next time, take care of yourselves, and I will see you again soon.